Words can hardly describe what exactly it felt like that day. The day I heard knocks on the door as we welcomed Joseph from the house of David into our home. Such an upright and good man. The kind of man any girl would be lucky to marry. I could hardly believe when my father told me that Joseph, in fact, wanted to marry me. Joseph and I engaged? Like anyone would be, I was surprised and excited and nervous that such a man would want to be wed to me, Mary. Readily, I accepted, for I knew this was God's plan for me and I trusted him. Words can hardly describe what exactly it felt like that day. An unfamiliar and awesome guest telling me not to fear, an angel in my home. He told me that I would be the one to give birth to the Messiah. Me? I'm not someone special. I'm just a girl from Nazareth. Why have I gained favor from God? As quickly as the angel had appeared, he was gone, and it was all over. My mind was spinning, and the very thought of carrying the Messiah was daunting, to say the least. But I was willing. It was when I saw one of my relatives, Elizabeth, that I was assured of this great joy. She greeted me with cheerful cries and excitement. Even the baby she was carrying leapt with joy inside of her. This was real. My spirit rejoiced in the Savior. What a blessing it is to carry the Messiah. For I knew this was God's plan for me and I trusted him. Words can hardly describe what exactly it felt like that day. When I told Joseph that the woman he was to marry was pregnant, pregnant with a son of God, he took it about as well as you would expect. How could anyone believe me? For all he knew, I was an unfaithful bride-to-be. Finally, he spoke. He was upset and confused. Yet Joseph was still merciful to me. He could have very well had me killed if he thought I was unfaithful, but he resolved to divorce me quietly instead. As I watched him leave that day, I knew not what to do. Crushed, embarrassed, and scared, I returned home. That night felt like an eternity. I felt so alone in this, no husband by my side. Sunrise brought a new day, and with it brought Joseph, who himself seemed to be anew. His eyes shined bright, and he could hardly contain his excitement. Eagerly, he recalled a dream he had, a visit from an angel, Gabriel, who had told him the same as me, that I would bring the savior of mankind into the world. For the second time since knowing him, he decided to take me as his wife. For we knew this to be God's plan for us, and we trusted him. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just and unwilling man, or unwilling to put her to shame, 
resolved to divorce her quietly instead. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins, and all this will take place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus.
Words can hardly describe what exactly it felt like that day. To make the long journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem at nine months pregnant. A burning in my heart, hands and feet are swollen, aches everywhere, and sleepless night after sleepless night. Yet, I don't mind it, because I know soon I'll get to meet this baby. Not a moment goes by where I don't feel him kick or turn. My heart wells up with joy, each day greater than the last. They told me he would be called Emmanuel, God with us. And this child is in me? I don't even know what to expect. Who could? I ponder this often. Even now, as we approach Bethlehem to be registered in the census, where he will be a son in the household of David, the king. My son, the king, the Messiah? The excitement far outweighed the pain. For I knew this to be God's plan for me, and I trusted him. Words can hardly describe what exactly it felt like that day. When the inn delivered the shattering news that there was nowhere for us to stay. How could there be no room in the inn? Don't they know I'm pregnant? Just then, my body was telling me that it was time to bring my son into the world. There was nowhere for me to go. Nowhere to be. Panic sank in. Joseph helped me find a spot to lay in the manger out by the inn. Not here, I thought. Anywhere else but here. I had to remember that name, though. God with us. If this is where the Lord would have me go, then I will go. The time I have to think is interrupted harshly by the pains in my stomach. Joseph does his best to help, offering me his hand to squeeze as this carries on for hours. I look around, though, and for a second, I cannot believe it. Cushioned by hay and surrounded by animals in a filthy manger. Surely this cannot be right. Surely this is not how it's supposed to be. God with us, I thought to myself. The Messiah, our hope, our rescue. Emmanuel was coming, and it would be here. Right then, I knew that this was God's plan for me, and I trusted him. Words can hardly describe what exactly it felt like that day. Holding this beautiful, perfect child. I tried to find the most comfortable bed for the baby, but the only thing I could find was a trough. Here for such a short time, and yet already so sleepy. So there he rested where the animals make theirs. Joseph told me that I should go to sleep myself, but how could I take my eyes off him? As our eyes met, it seemed as though eternity passed by. My love for him was a love only a mother feels toward her child. Only it was greater than that. Because as I stared at him, I also saw the face of my Savior, the Son of God. The Messiah we had been waiting for to save us was here. For this was God's plan for him, and I trusted him.
1, 46 through 55. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Continuing, we have Luke 2, 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar, Augustus, that all the world should be registered. And this was the first registration when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own home, each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, up from the town of Nazareth to Judah, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. Because there was no place for them at the end. And finally in Luke 2.11, as spoken by angels to the shepherds, we read, For unto you is born this day. In the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And Father, we, uh, we read these scriptures and we, we read the truth in this, this unbelievable story, uh, this unbelievable thing that has happened. God, this unbelievable love that came to this world, uh, delivered um, by Mary, uh, Lord, a, a testimony of faithfulness to you, God, of trust in you. And Lord, I pray that as we, um, we take her story, God, as we take what you've shown us through her, I pray that we would know and we would trust the same way that she trusted you, that we would be able to take this away and bring it home and know where we are called to trust you, God. And Lord, that we would do so with the same faithfulness that Mary had. God, we pray this in your name. Amen. All right. Well, what an exciting time. Um, Christmas really is the best time of year. Um, you, you're hard-pressed to find somebody who doesn't think that it is. Um, and what an exciting story. I mean, we take this time uh, each year to reflect on and celebrate this, uh, this tremendous and, and pretty unbelievable story of, of Christ coming down as a man to be born by Mary. And we wanted to take today to focus on Mary and her story of faithfulness as she carried this announcement of Christ, the announcement of the Lord. Um, because uh, to continue our Advent series, uh, the, the previous weeks we talked about this, this prophecy, the anticipation of Christ. And now we have here today, through the story of Mary, the announcement. Um, and man, what a, what a special, special thing it is. <gasps> Light was on. Um, 
what a, what a truly special thing it is. Uh, for, for Mary, so I, I thought it's fun to kind of take a look at the, the story of Mary as a whole and to, to kind of look at it start to sort of finish. There's more to come with the cross. Um, but to look at this today, it is a truly special thing that she went through. And, and I recently got to go through the, the birth of my own daughter, um, but I'm not her mother, and she wasn't the son of God. Um, this is a truly unique and, and awesome thing that Mary got to do. Uh, she was given the chance to bring the greatest gift to mankind and to the world, the Savior, the one who had been promised to us so long ago in the garden. Her story tells a story of faithfulness. When the angel comes to tell her of what is to come for her, she does not respond out of fear or uh, out of anxiety or, or, or denial, but she responds simply wanting to be a faithful servant to the Lord. She has a joy to be the Lord's servant. And it wasn't easy to do what she had to do in the slightest, not even close to the hardest things that some of us have to endure every day. Every single step of the way, she had to trust the Lord. Consequently, he took care of her. I think that there's a lot we can learn from this story of Mary. I think too often we read these stories or we hear these stories and we kind of remove this, this human element, this human, the, the human nature of the story and that I want us to take this story as, as we just heard a narrative and, and view this through the lens of, of a human woman um, who, like you and me, was in desperate need of a savior because, like you and me, she was separated from God by sin. And she needed a savior to be born as a man who was fully man uh, and able to uh, empathize and to grow and to to experience mankind, to experience humankind. But she also needed a Savior to be God. She needed a Savior to be fully God, who was free from sin, who was perfect, and a perfect sacrifice. And what she got was a calling to deliver that very man, that very God, into this world. She got a calling to be faithful. That is, a, that is a tough call. She had to take on the embarrassment of being pregnant out of wedlock, which um, is extra worse because she didn't even do anything wrong. She took on that embarrassment, um, that outside perception alone. I mean, she took on the possibility of, of, uh, of being killed, um, but she trusted the Lord instead. She took on the pain of being pregnant, uh, which is a very... Um, difficult experience. I've never gone through it, and uh, I know women have. My wife has, and it's not an easy thing to do, and I know a lot of women have gone through this and have done this, but she had the Son of God in her, and this was something that she had to trust the Lord and that she had to be faithful to. She endured um, and was faithful for the unexpected circumstances of this birth, um, that this birth would happen not just um, as, as her as a virgin conceived by the Holy Spirit, not just of her uh, having to be pregnant in the first place, but also that it was going to be in Bethlehem while they were traveling. Um, not just while they were traveling, but also while nine months pregnant, and not also while nine months pregnant, but also going into labor in the town of Bethlehem. And there's no room at the end. 
because the only spot we can go to is this manger where animals uh, lay and they feed. And we, we have this nativity scene in our homes, I'm sure, and we've all seen the, the beautiful Thomas Kincaid paintings and, uh, and things, but this is not really a pretty sight. <laughs> Uh, the manger was a filthy place. If you go into a horse's stable, it does not smell clean. Um, it is not a, a pretty sight. But this is the unexpected place that she had to trust the Lord to be in as she brought the Son of God into the world. She loved the Lord, and she was pleased to be his servant. Through all of that, she loved the Lord, and she was happy to be his servant. Did Mary impose greatness on herself to say, oh my goodness, praise me, Mary, the Lord has chosen me. I will take on this challenge, and I will bring the Son of God into the world, and it'll be the halls of, of churches and churches and ages and ages to come will ring of my name, Mary. She didn't impose any greatness on herself. She's continually seen praising the Lord and saying that it is her joy to be used as a servant for the Lord. Who got the glory for the Son of God being born into the world? God did. Who gets the glory at the end of the day? Is God. We think during this Christmas time on these things, as we celebrate Advent, as we celebrate the birth of Christ, we think about these things, and they evoke a time, a platform, an opportunity for us to be worshipful. But we don't worship Mary. Why should we? We can look at the story through her eyes, and we can, we can read these scriptures that tell this incredible story of faithfulness. But why? Why would we worship Mary? What's the point? We look at her faithfulness, and we look at God's faithfulness to her. To us, really, the faithfulness that he would even still deliver his son so that he can die on the cross for you and me. We look at that, and the only person, the only entity left at the end of the day to praise is God. We rejoice at this news. Joy to the world that the Son of God has come. We worship a great God. And I don't think, in fact, I know that none of us in this room are going to be asked to do the exact same as Mary. Um, thankfully and, um, and joyfully, I can say that, that we won't have to do that exact same thing. There's no complicated mess. You're not going to have to worry about an angel coming into your home telling you to carry something like this out. But will we take the challenges and the calls for faithfulness in our own lives? Will we take that with the same willingness that Mary had? Well, we have that same faith when the going gets tough. Whenever we are called to stand firm for our faith, whenever we're called to, um, to trust the Lord for circumstances and things that we don't totally understand, are we going to take that with the same willingness? For those of us in the room here today who have trusted in Jesus, ponder this story of Mary's faithfulness. We must bring God glory with our lives. For what greater thing could there be? We must bring God glory with our lives so we will go where it is uncomfortable for us to go. And we will do what is right when we so badly want to do what's wrong. When it seems impossible to endure what, it, 
what may lie ahead for us, and we'll trust the Lord in our homes and in our schools and our jobs and when we're alone. We'll trust the Lord. And we'll pray each day for that strength to do so because the Lord will take care of us. And the Lord works in ways that we don't understand. But think about Mary's faithfulness, her joyfulness, her willingness. When it becomes a challenge, ponder these things. For those of us in the room who are Christians, we will have to deal with difficult things. We will be called to do things. Our challenging, uh, our faith will be challenged. We will be asked to do challenging things in our families, with our friends, in our schools, wherever it is. Ponder her faithfulness. It's not going to be easy. And it wasn't easy to do what Mary had to do. But did God take care of her? Yes. And is God going to take care of you? Yes. Don't impose greatness on yourself. Be diligent and faithful to do what God has called you to do. Be humble and suffer for the gospel's sake. All of this for the glory of God. For what greater thing could there be? Finally, I, I want to close uh, here today with this, this last verse. We, we read it before. But I can't talk about this announcement of Christ. Okay? I can't let this opportunity pass. I can't let this go by without saying this. For those of you who are in this room today who don't know Christ, if you, you don't want anything to do with this or you just you think you might have it covered or you know I'll, I'll figure it out later, I'll put it on the back burner, whatever it is, listen to me right now. If you missed everything today, listen to this one thing. The Savior was born and he came here for you. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you haven't placed your trust in him to take away your sins, to forgive your sins, the time is now. The Savior is here. In Luke chapter 2, verse 11, the angel said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Guys, the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the hope is born. And Christ the love is born. He came to save you from the punishment of your sin. And he took it on the cross. And he rose from the dead. And with that comes a new life, a new, a new calling to this faithfulness that we see here in Mary and that those of us who do know Christ are, are called to have. The Savior was born and he came here to save you so for those of us in the room let's ponder mary's faithfulness and find ways that we can trust the lord the same way that she trusted him and for those of you who don't know this god that we worship the time is now if you want to have a conversation about that if this is your first time to think about this or you, you you're you're you're, you have questions or, or whatever that would be, come find one of us. Come find one of us staff members. If you know your leaders, go talk to your leaders. If you know friends here who know the Lord, ask your friends. Because the time is now. For the Savior was born. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, God, we worship you this morning.
Lord, as we reflect this story, where we tell the announcement of the Christ, that the Savior was born. Here is a man. God, here is you. Lord, here is God. Uh, God, this perfect sacrifice is something that is worthy of praise. And Lord, that this is the good news that gives us the very means to have a changed life, that gives us the very means to have a new life. Um, and God, with this, I know will come challenges. And it will look different for all of us in the room, but it will look the same and that we will have a faithfulness to you. And God, that we, I pray that we would have this faithfulness and I pray that we would have this joy and I pray that we'd have this willingness that Mary had. I pray that we would be excited God, when it's scary, when it's difficult, God, I pray that there would be a joy and that there would be an excitement for what lies ahead in a life lived, clinging faithfully and trustingly to you. Lord, I pray that you would change our hearts and that you would undo what needs to be undone so this may be so. So, Father, we pray this in your holy name. Amen.